the PEM Currents, the Pediatric Emergency Medicine Podcast. As always, I am your host, Brad Sobolewski, and today I'm going to briefly talk about serum sickness. Now, technically, it's called serum sickness-like reaction. I'll get into that in a little bit, but it's a rash that you'll see relatively commonly in the pediatric emergency department. So let me walk you through a, a sample scenario. You arrive for your shift, and the first patient you're encountering has a dramatic rash. You know, the parents were, you know, very concerned that it developed quickly. It looked like hives all over her body. Um, The daycare thought that it was an allergy, and they were going to actually give another child's EpiPen to the patient with the rash. But there were no respiratory symptoms, no difficulty breathing, no vomiting, no wheezing. So fortunately, they decided not to give the EpiPen, and they sent the kid to the ED. When they arrive and you get a chance to meet them, you note that the child has been febrile up to 39 centigrade for the last day, and she has swelling of her bilateral feet. When you look over the entire body, you've got a rash that appears slightly raised, It's roundish with irregular borders, and the centers appear kind of dark and purplish. Um, Ultimately, though, she's got a little bit of a limp, but she can still play and run. There's no history of vomiting, diarrhea, or other respiratory symptoms. Um, There's no involvement of her eyes or mouth. Her ears look very good, and her throat appears normal. Eight days ago, she was prescribed a course of Omnicef for otitis media. She's got two more days left on the course. So, what is it? Well, this is erythema multiforme. When you add in the fact that she's febrile and has joint swelling, she has a serum sickness-like reaction. And note that I say serum sickness-like reaction, not serum sickness. Technically, serum sickness uh, was first described when patients got antivenom that came from a horse. Now, this child got Omnicef, not horse antivenom, but... You know, it's mostly semantics, I think, when you're discussing things with a parent. The classic rash seen in serum sickness is erythema multiforme, which I tell parents means red with multiple forms. This polymorphous, sometimes pruritic rash starts in the trunk and spreads peripherally. They can appear to be urticarial in some patients, look like palpable purpura, targetoid, or maculopapular in others. There really is quite a variable appearance. And it can look one way in the morning and another way later in the afternoon. This is what accounts for many parents feeling that the disease has a rapid spread. Patients with serum sickness develop remittent fever without temporal spikes. The height of the fever is not important in making the diagnosis. Two-thirds of patients have arthralgias. These are most commonly seen in the hands, wrists, feet, ankles, and shoulders. You'll see swollen joints that generally have a near normal range of motion, but are painful to the touch. Patients may limp or refuse to walk altogether. It typically begins one to two weeks after exposure to an offending agent. The most common offending agents are antibiotics. Penicillins, Bactrim, and Cephalosporins. These are also commonly prescribed antibiotics. So... Knowing that the child had a recent prescription for an antibiotic, combined with characteristic physical exam findings, allows you to make the diagnosis clinically. Treatment consists of stopping the offending agent. Note that some cases can be caused by a virus, and you can't discontinue a virus. 
Symptom improvement will be seen within two to three days of stopping the antibiotic, but it can take up to one to two weeks for everything to go away. NSAID should be prescribed for pain and antihistamines for itching. There's not really good literature on glucocorticoids. They may be useful in patients with severe arthritis or arthralgias or extensive rashes, you know, but again, there's not really a significant role for most patients. If you encounter an ill-appearing patient that has eye and mucous membrane involvement, you definitely have to consider Stevens-Johnson syndrome, which is a potentially fatal hypersensitivity reaction. And though it's very rare, this is kind of the one reason for a dermatologist to come in and see the patient overnight. Other than the aforementioned Stevens-Johnson, the differential is broad and include viral exanthems like roseola, hypersensitivity vasculitis, scarlet fever, acute rheumatic fever, meningococcemia, disseminated gonococcemia, reactive arthritis, Lyme disease, Rocky Mountain spotted fever, Stills disease, and Kawasaki. But in general, if you see a patient with erythema multiforme, swollen joints, and fever, that started seven to 10 days after prescription of an antibiotic, then you've made the diagnosis of serum sickness. If you're not certain of the diagnosis or you think it's Stevens-Johnson, definitely get a CBC and blood culture, urine and urine culture, ESR, CRP, electrolytes, and any other lab you think might be helpful. Ultimately, the vast majority of patients with serum sickness can be discharged home without patient follow-up with their pediatrician to assure that symptoms have resolved. Only kids with significant pain or those in whom you suspect that the diagnosis is something else, like Stevens-Johnson, should be admitted. Parents should be instructed to return to the emergency department if their child develops involvement of the mouth and eyes. This is better described visually than verbally, so it might be a good idea to pull up a picture of the conjunctival and oral involvement of Stevens-Johnson syndrome and show the parents a picture of what it looks like. I have had children return to the emergency department because their child was crying and had slightly red eyes. Certainly good anticipatory guidance could have prevented this return visit. Well, that's all I've got for serum sickness-like reaction. The only way to get better at making this diagnosis is to take a good history and to look at many, many rashes. When one of your colleagues in the ED has an interesting rash, well, go check it out. Learn something. As always, you can find me on Twitter at PemTweets. Leave a comment on iTunes. I really appreciate the feedback. And check out more great educational content on PemBlog.com. This has been Brad Sobolewski for Pem Currents, the Pediatric Emergency Medicine Podcast. See you next time.